Welcome everyone to another episode of That's Some Crazy Shit with Kelly and James. I am Kelly and my co-host is James. What's up my sister? What's up dude? I am so excited because we are in the beginning of our third season and I gotta tell you, the guest that we have on today, I really, really liked speaking with her. I thought it was uh, yeah. cool. You know, psychic mediums and all that type of stuff, uh, the woo-woo, as uh, she put it, is fascinating to me. I, it's some crazy shit. And you know what's funny? She's not the first one to call it woo-woo. I don't know yeah. if that's a term. I, I'd never heard that before. But, you know, it's funny that all these psychic mediums and are like, oh, the woo-woo. Yeah, so it's been it's been um, interesting the the journey that we've taken on this podcast, especially the people that we've met, especially the mediums. And the only reason why I, I call them out is because they've all kind of said the same things when right. it comes to me or you when when we're talking to them and they're talking about us or whatever's going on. They've all kind of said the same things. See, to me, that's validation, you know, that there's some something to this other than coincidence or lucky guessing. Yeah, you know, I would I would agree. However you want to slice it or dice it, let's just call it out, man. It's some crazy shit. <laughs> and today, you know, we have um, uh, a, I would call I would call Donna more of an intuitive Um, so let me tell you about her. So our guest today is, um, Donna Needham. She is a a a New Orleans native, but she's in Chicago now, right? And she, she's, she's a licensed minister, but she's, she's an intuitive tarot card reader. And she has been for almost 35 years. Um, she does tarot and Oracle card readings. And, you know, she also um, says that she also had some instances of mediumship, right? But mediumship is where you have spirits, past loved ones come through or whatever. So she's had instances of that happen, but that's not what she does. Right. That's not her emphasis. Right. That's not her emphasis. So I'm I'm excited because, you know, I thought... uh, what she does is is fascinating. Um, her story, how she kind of figured it out, her gift or whatever, I thought yeah. was pretty cool as well. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, like you say, we find out their journey on how they get to where they are, you know. And it's interesting because they all have a, a certain path. You know, we talked about a lot of them had near-death experiences. Yeah. Yeah. That brought out their powers, you know. Others so were 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 intuitive at a very young age. Right. And that's interesting because it's funny. You think about, you know, we talked about the elderly and the young. No one ever believes them. Okay. You know, what do you... So these kids are telling you, I'm hearing voices. I'm seeing things. You know, they're what? Five, six, seven, whatever. And what do adults immediately do? Well, they say it's your imagination. Right. And, you know, and so it's like, you know, we have to somehow give those kids a a little bit of credit and and maybe work with them a little more and say, well, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? You know, what's going on? See, but in order for you to do that, you have to 
believe. Right. Right? So most people, I don't know, I can't say most. I can't even say many. I would just say some people believe and some people don't. Right. Right? So anyway, let's get to it, James. Donna is is coming on the show. She's going to talk with us about her gift, about what she does. What's really cool is that um, if you, as the listener, are interested in maybe having your cards read, you'll be able to figure out, um, we'll let you know how to reach out to her. Um, you know, she does through Zoom um, and she can do readings that way. And somebody had, I had asked somebody, how does that work? Right. How can you read somebody's cards through Zoom or whatever? And they said, well, space and time isn't real. So there you go. And it's energy. Right. And it's energy. So there you go. I thought that was interesting. So let's get right to it. Uh, Welcome to That Some Crazy Shit. Our guest for today, psychic, intuitive, tarot card reader, Donna Needham. Donna, thank you so much for being a part of That's Some Crazy Shit. I'm very excited to speak with you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I think it'll be an interesting conversation. When I saw your podcast, I said, you know what? This would be an interesting you know, group of people to talk to. So that's why I signed up and reached out. Well, me and James have been lifelong friends. We have known one another literally since kindergarten. And we always seem to talk about crazy shit, shit that we find that you can't talk to about, you know, with most people. Right, James? Yeah. If I were to go to work and bring up some of these subjects, they'd look at me like I was literally crazy. Oh, I understand. When we talk about this stuff, it's really nice to have someone come in and share their stories and prove that we're really not crazy. (laughs) Well, Tell us we're interested. You know, we want to learn more about you and what you do and and why we think it's it's crazy shit. It's cool, but it's crazy shit. Um, well, I do read cards. I started reading cards when I was, I guess, in my mid-30s. That's when I actually started professionally reading. Um, however, things started getting weird for me at a young age. The first time I really can remember something, um, I can go all the way back to when I was about eight years old. And some people may say this doesn't sound like it's weird, but in a way it is. My parents were going to Disney World and I was supposed to go with them. And my parents never fought. They had no problems. We seemed to be the quintessential family. And we're supposed to be going to Disney World. And I looked at them and I said, "Um, I don't wanna go to Disney World. You guys need some time alone. So go to Disney World by yourself. What kid turns down Disney World? Granted, this is in the 70s, and it's not the big thing that it is now, but what kid does that? Fast forward to about a year later, and my mom and dad are now separated and had some fights, and there you go. So I have to look back and go, I think that was my intuition telling me, hey, you know, step back, let them have some time. At the time, I didn't know that, it did, and it's taken me quite a while to actually come to that conclusion because it's like, what kid turns down Disney? Especially exactly. back then. That's crazy right there. Yeah. What adult I mean, turns it down? Because I'm going. You know? <laughs> I'll well, I mean, go. 
when Disney World opened, we had this ritual. My dad, would, we would go every year, starting when it first opened, and each year we would go. And there, I loved going, so I have no idea why I would have said, unless my intuition was kicking in saying, hey, step back and give them some time. Um, and then the next time I really remember something from that was weird for me was between my seventh and eighth grade year. I grew up in New Orleans and uh, we had an epiphany ball at my school, which is very much akin to the Mardi Gras balls down there. So we were going to have king and queen and this would be in eighth grade. So February, January of uh, 1981. I'm dating myself, of course. Um, January of 1981 was when the ball would be host held. This is summer. So the summer of 80. I got to sleep. I have this dream and I have the dream about being queen of this ball. I have the dress. I have the guy who's going to be king. Everything is there visually. Okay. Well, that's always a sweet dream, you know. So then a couple of nights in a row, I have the same dream. Okay, fine. It's in the back of my head, but I never really think about it again. And so the day that they're going to do the ball, or the, the pick the king and queen, it's done out of a hat. And so my teacher, because I'll be honest, I was one of those girls that was more of a tomboy than anything in the world. I played with the guys. I played tug of war. It didn't matter that I was already developed. I was still one of the guys. So... My teacher picks the name and he just starts laughing because I had a bunch of other girls in my class that were all just girly girls. And he walks around the room to almost every girl and goes to lay it on their desk and pulls it back. And then he comes over to me and he lays it on my desk and he's like, congratulations. I'm like, oh wow, okay. There's some other things to store, but I'm gonna skip ahead. So he, I get to be queen and we have to go to the, this house. Because what happened is they had somebody who was had been a maid in a Mardi Gras parade. Now, when we talk these dresses in Mardi Gras, I'm, I don't know if you're aware of them. They're $2,000, $3,000 dresses. So this dress is a red velvet. It has hearts all over it. Big headdress with, with red hearts. So basically, I was going to be the queen of hearts. That's what this costume was. Well, I get there. And like I said, I had already started to develop. I get there. I... They're like, okay, let's have you try the dress on. We may have to do alterations, you know, because this is for a woman, so we may have to do alterations. Okay, fine. I put the dress on, they zip the dress up, it fit. No alterations required. And it was exactly the dress that I had seen. And then the guy who got to be king was the same guy. Yes, I did have a crush on him at the time, I admit that. But he got to be king. So it was like everything that I had dreamt that summer had suddenly come to fruition. So it was just like, wow. wow. And, and how do you explain it? You can't explain it. It's just one of those things that's like, it's precog. I've had precog dreams before. It's so, crazy shit. Yes, it is. And some <laughs> people would say coincidence, but I think not. Yeah, not, too many things. Too many things, and it happened in too far of a time span, I think, you know? It, it, it was just one of those things where it's like, it happened in such a, a you know, that's six months basically. And for the dress to me to step into that dress and it to fit perfectly out of every girl in that class that could have gotten that dress, I was the only one it would have fit because all the other ones, as they would say, was part of the IBTC. And um, I think some of you guys may know what that is. And if you don't, you can look it up because I'm not going to say it. But uh, they always joke that I was part of Dolly Parton's committee. So there you go. <laughs> 
So. so let's fast forward. So that happens. And so you're starting to realize now, do you realize that you have some, some no. type of gift? No, no. And in fact, my mom would go get her cards read and I would hang out at the shops while like bottom of the teacup and stuff, which is a pretty well-known place down there. She'd go get her cards read and I was looking around and I was interested in things. And I never, it never correlated. I always thought, okay, I have a pretty cool birthday. I was born on Friday the 13th and I was born on October, Friday the 13th. And even the year of my birth has 13 in it. So I always thought, you know, this is pretty cool. It's a pretty freaky thing. And slowly but things, I would think about something. All right, here's, here's a really, I guess when things started really playing out was I had my favorite band. And I used to freak my friend out because I'd be like, they're gonna come on TV. And sure enough, they would come on TV like five minutes later. So she bought me this board game that was theirs, their board game for my graduation. And we were playing the board game. We, we tried, we got a Ouija board first. She got me a Ouija board first because yes, at this point I'm starting to question that if I have some ability. Couldn't get the Ouija board to work and I'm glad. So she go, we would go back and we buy the board game. And in the board game, you're supposed to pick band members. So it's a silly board game. So as we're sitting there, she's holding up these cards. I can't see what they are. And midway through the game, she's like, I don't want to play the game anymore with you. I just want to see how many people you can guess out of this. So she started making me, she would pull this thing, hold it up and look at it. I would not know who it was and I'd have to tell her who it was. And I, I was getting them correct most of the time. It was very rarely, I think I maybe missed two out of 50 times. So, now, yeah, that's not so coincidence. now you realize. Yes, you now I realize. But I'm still not doing anything with it. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's like I'm still not doing anything with it. It's just one of those things of how do you explain? Because this is the mid-80s. So how do you explain this? And it's not acceptable because I'm not living in New Orleans anymore. I've now moved to Shreveport. And Shreveport at the time, not so much now, but at the time was very conservative still. So there was no way I was gonna out myself. I mean, me dressing all in black and having black hair, that got enough looks. If I came out and said, hey, I'm a reader, I, I can't even imagine what that would have done. So fast forward to when I finally start embracing this stuff, I can, I can look at things and go, okay, yeah, that's the moment that something happened. And I realized that like one day I was going to work and we have uh, Kennedy, which is a tollway up here. And yes, I was speeding and I hear this voice because I'm coming around a curve that no longer exists. And I hear this thing that says, slow down. And I'm like, okay. And luckily me, I was listening at this point. As I ran out the corner, traffic was at a dead stop. If I would not have listened to that inner voice, I most likely would have been in a serious car accident. So this is when I'm starting to pay attention. I know when my friends are calling, I know certain things. My one, one of my friends and I, if I thought about her, she would call me like five minutes later. So I started picking up on these things. By the time I actually took an intuition class, that I was, I didn't realize how connected I was. I was so connected that I scared myself because the teacher of the class, after we did our little exercise, it was me and another girl that was in there, or lady. After we did our exercises, she's like, okay, now I'm going to have you guys. This is the very first class, mind you. So it's not like I've been trained to do this for a long period of time. She says, I want you to stand behind the other person and I want you to put your hands on their shoulders and I want you to tell me what you're getting from them. Okay. I've never done this in my life. Never, ever. 
I put my hands on this lady. I start telling her about her son. I start telling her about her boyfriend, his hair color, how his hair is. He, it looks curly, but it's really more waves than curls. People think he has blue eyes, but he has more green in it than blue. And at this moment, as I'm telling her all this, and she's agreeing to what I'm saying, I'm feeling the sensation coming up in my side. I, it's, it's not tingles, but it's just kind of a weird growing sensation. And as I'm continuing on, it's growing. And I just took my hands off her shoulders and said, well, that's it. I'm done. Because it was freaking me out because there was no way I could have known this stuff. And so, yeah, that's some crazy shit. Yes. So when, so are you seeing these things like a mind vision or is it more of a feeling when, when, the, when you're picking up this stuff? It's weird because as, as time has gone on, I've actually started doing some, I've done medium stuff and I can't say that it's a vision. It's just some, it's some kind of knowing with, with the medium stuff. Usually what happens for me is somebody will present how they died and that's never pleasant. I'll be honest with you. They always show up how they died with, um, with one reading in particular, this gentleman had lit his room on fire and then shot himself. And when I was doing the reading, I had my hand, I was talking to his mother and I had my hand, um, over by my neck and my clavicle. And I didn't know, and I'm sitting there and I'm feeling like I can't breathe as I'm talking to her. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling her, you know, it's just coming to me. The words are just coming. I'm just saying what, what I'm being, you know, what's coming. And I, and I feel like I can't breathe. Usually if I recognize that they, it's somebody that's passed, they don't bother me so much. They'll let me be after they show me how they died, but this guy wouldn't. So after it was all said and done, she looks at me and she goes, I gotta tell you something. I'm like, what? She goes, that's where he shot himself. Like, okay, all right. I mean, yeah, how do you re how do you respond to that? How do you right. react? Because there's no way, I didn't know this woman. She was a friend of a friend and she lost her son. And she's like, all I knew was that he was dead and she wanted to talk to him. Okay, I don't know any of the details. I don't know about the fire. So for me not being able to breathe, it's like, right. you know, um, and, and I mean, I still, about a month before my husband passed, I went back about two months after he died because I write my dreams down. And I had a dream that, about being in a tornado and the car being lifted up and me saying, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. And we were in a parking lot, not too far from where his dialysis was, at a shopping center. Well, and then an ambulance came and we were taken, we were both fine, or I was fine. There was a brick building. In real life, what transpired was we were in a parking lot. We were in the parking lot that was a J we were in the Burger King parking lot that was adjacent to the mall that was in my dream. And he ended up collapsing in the car. It started raining. It started raining after he passed, but he couldn't he he was there and then he was gone just like that. And I kept saying, I, you know, and I almost think it was him in my dream saying he didn't want to die. But at that moment, you know, it took me a while to go back and look because then the ambulance takes him to a red brick building exactly like that was in the dream. So how, how do you explain any of it? I don't know. It's just it, sometimes our, our dreams are not so straightforward. They're something you have to dissect and, and right. take apart. And, right. So yeah. Do you remember um, all of your dreams? Darling? Not all.
Not always, not always. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I look, have a dream and I go, I don't know what the hell that meant, excuse my language. Um, but <laughs> I know. Well, this is that some crazy Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know, like last night I had dreams about kittens and puppies and I'm like, I haven't had time to go back and look and think about that. But it's just, you know, sometimes they're really graphic and sometimes they're not and sometimes I don't remember them at all um it, it's just it's something I think that we we take for granted most of the time people are like oh dreams are just dreams uh I had a dream that I was going to meet Joseph Morgan he plays Klaus Michelson on the originals and that I was going to have the opportunity to present him my book and 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 work with him I didn't get to work with him but I did get to meet him and I did get to present him with my book so, you know, sometimes you got to look at dreams as, yes, they're symbolism, and sometimes they're straightforward for some people. It just is a matter of how things work out. Um, Can you tell us about your book? Uh, my books are basically, one is a Hollywood slash rock star romance. It's romantic suspense. And the other one is a book that I would say I channeled a lot of because um, it started out as a blog. It's about a rock star who has an addiction problem. I have never had a cocaine addiction problem. He has. Um, and I started it as a blog and I had rehab centers following me and liking my post. And I'm like, dude, this is fake. So I decided to turn it into a book. He was a side character for another story. And that was my very first book that'll be out two years in a couple of weeks. But he's a drugged out rock star. And that is there's a very cool. Thank you. There's a twist ending on it, but yeah. So, so I'm interested in how, you know, what, you, you have all these gifts. Obviously, you can you can see or communicate with people who have passed on, mm -hmm. right? You can maybe see or predict, I guess, the future. You have dreams, right? So some psychic abilities there. Mm -hmm. But do you, do you have people come to you and provide a services? And if so, how do you, like, you know, I guess, do, you know, if you had your shingle out and people were coming to you, what would the shingles say? An intuitive tarot reader. Um, I don't necessarily do the medium things. I always call myself the reluctant medium. I was in my own podcast. I, I had a conversation with a medium, and she's like, "We all call ourselves a reluctant medium because nobody really wants to do that. It just kind of happens." Um, because mediumship, it's one of those things where you can't guarantee that somebody's going to come through or not. You know, if they do, then great. I, I was doing a speed reading event once. And speed reading is like speed dating, except you're getting a five minute tarot reading and then switching to another person and getting another reading. And at this moment, then I had, you know, this guy sits down and his dead son-in-law decides to come through. Okay, I have five minutes to talk to him. And I'm not even supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be doing tarot. But the, the son-in-law is like adamant. Okay, so I talked to him about that. He moves, his wife sits down, the son-in-law is still engaged and does not want, he wants to, he wants to have his peace, which is fine. But the, ultimately that drained me, that completely drained me and I had to take a break because that is when you're dealing with who has passed, it's hard. So I would say intuitive tarot, I do nine times out of 10 because it's something I'm straightforward at. I can look at my cards. I've been working with the same deck. They're very dog-eared. Um, for 20 something years and I can look at those cards and still see something different. Now you want something, I'll give you another, I know this is off topic, but I will say this. You wanted something crazy that can't be explained. 
um, back when Katrina hit New Orleans. I wasn't aware. Believe it or not, I wasn't aware because my husband was in the hospital. It was his first time getting a stent, and I was like, oh my gosh. My mother, my, my stepmom, her and I talked, and she's telling me how I need to make sure that my husband has life insurance. It's very important that my husband has life insurance. This is three days before Katrina hits. I'm like, yes, I know, we have. Don't worry about that. Well, yeah, it's very important. Okay, fine. All right. Fast forward to Katrina's heading to New Orleans. So I finally see Katrina. My husband's out the hospital. I see Katrina. My grandmothers were in New Orleans. My dad's in New Orleans. All right, so my grandmother's in the hospital, so she's not going anywhere. My dad's got my other grandmother. My dad's like, oh, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, fine. So we go, we get home, had dinner and everything, go to bed. Around midnight, I wake up and I say, I can't breathe. And John, my husband, looks at me and goes, what did you say? I said, I didn't say anything. Cause I consciously didn't remember really say, I wasn't really conscious, consciously saying it. So I laid in bed, couldn't go back to sleep. Got up, played a video game. Finally went back to sleep about 4.30. Six o'clock, my dad calls me and tells me that my stepmom died. The lady that I just had talked to three days before telling about life insurance is, is now gone. And so as this progresses, you know, things, I don't want to broach it with my dad. What happened? You know, cause it's raw and he's, a, he was, a, he's, he was a retired, well, he was a retired fireman at this point, but he rushed into a burning building in his younger days and saved somebody. So can you imagine holding your wife and not being able to save her? So I wasn't going to broach this. So a year later, my husband and I were getting married because we weren't married at that point. My husband and I were actually getting married. My dad had come up here. He was with my new stepmom, and I told my stepmom what happened because she was into the woo-woo. And she's like, ask your dad. I'm like, okay. So I said, dad, so what happened that night? He says, well, Cindy and I had dinner and we went to bed and Cindy woke up and said, Donnie, I can't breathe. Now, mind you, I'm in Illinois and they were in Tunica, Mississippi. So how do you, how do you explain that one? Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I have some empathic abilities and I have, you know, course intuitive and psychic but yeah so tell us about the tarot cards we've done episodes or an episode on tarot cards before only only what we've known but mm, yeah. I, I'm very interested in, in, in what you know about them and how how they help you read somebody like how they really help you to kind of tell a story I guess is what I'm saying it's kind of funny that you say that because I, I what my reading is is a story reading I basically do an hourglass spread that is starts off with the past, then works its way down to the center point of a re, of of the reading, one card, and that one card is usually the focus, what you should be focusing on, because we have a notorious ability to not focus on what we should be focusing on, and then going down to present and and the future. I had a lady who I was reading, and I've told this story before. Um, she was an older lady. She hosted a house party, and I was reading her at ten o'clock at night. And this is the same night I found out I was a medium, but not with her. But so I, I was sitting there with her and my energy felt like somebody just sucked it out of me. It was just all of a sudden I felt exhausted. I'm like, okay. So I'm reading her and I'm telling her about how wonderful her, her kids are doing this and her kids are doing that. And she looks at me and she goes, I don't want to know about my kids. I'm like, well, that's what the cards are saying. I said, you know what? I finished the reading. I said, you know what? I said, let me, I said, I'll come back later this week and I'll reread you. She's like, okay. 
So I get back out to my car. My energy's fine. I'm, I'm totally fine now. I'm rejuvenated. Everything's good. Okay. Fast forward to about three weeks later, because I tried calling her, didn't get a response. I run across one of her friends from the house party, and they tell me that she had pneumonia and she ended up passing. So I, I look back at that and it's like the cards were telling her what she needed to hear. She needed to hear about her kids. She wanted to know about some guy that was irrelevant in her life, but she needed to know about her kids. So for me, the tarot, I use it as a couple of different ways for people. It's like it's a counseling thing. Sometimes I mix tarot and oracle cards together. Um, oracle cards use being helper tools to see how you need to navigate um, where you're headed. Um, when I look at the tarot, the one thing I will say about the tarot, I am not a classically trained tarot reader. You're, you know, I'm not going to give you the fool's journey. I'm going to tell you what I intuitively know. When I learned how to read tarot, my teacher, same teacher that with the intuition class, she told she when I got my deck, I brought my deck in and she looked at me and she pulls out the little book and she said, you see this book? I said, yes. Yeah. She goes, throw it away. Like, excuse me. She's like, throw it away. You don't need it. I'm like, all right. So for me, it's never been the study. I have, I have roughly 50 decks, which is not much compared to some people I know. And I used to, I did for National Tarot Day a few years back, I actually did two cards and I took different decks. Sal Salvador Dali even has a deck. I did not know that. Yeah. It's a really, really? cool, it's a really cool deck. Um, but each deck changes the flavor of a card, you know, so it all depends on which deck you're reading from. And I always tell people, if you're going to pick a deck, if you really want to dabble in tarot, I know everybody's like, oh, get the Rider Waite. But if the Rider Waite, I have a Rider Waite deck. The first deck I ever owned was a Rider Waite. It was my mother's. And she didn't read. She just had it. Um, I never connected with it. The Cosmic Tarot, which I read, is one of my main decks that I read with. I have several. I have three decks that I read with normally. Um, but the Cosmic Tarot has a lot of old celebrities, old Hollywood celebrities, and that's what I connect with. I write about Hollywood and stuff, so that's what I connect with. I have another deck called the Revelations deck, and it's a deck that works perfectly because the artist designed it where you can read it either reverse or right side up. And while you can do that with any deck, this one is designed specifically to be able to do that. Mm. So for me, each card represents a different story depending on what deck. And when I used to do events, I would let people pick their decks because it's like they get to play with their energy. So I like that. Do you so have do a you... favorite deck? Oh, the cosmic deck. I mean, I, I kitschy decks. I have one deck that's called the, the housewives tarot and the devil card is basically a set of legs with a piece of chocolate cake that has hands or chocolate cake with hands and devil horns, because for some that is you know, that is the devil. Okay. That is the devil. Yes. So I mean, th there's decks that I, I, in the Dolly deck I like just for the sheer fact that it's a collector's deck. But um, tarot is, it, I like helping people. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's counseling, and I have a therapist that I've talked to, and she she told me she's like you should go back and get your degree. That way you can formally counsel people with your cards. And I'm like, uh, -uh not doing that. I got other things to do. I got other things to do than that. So yeah. That is cool. So when you read the tarot, because I've seen some tarot card readers that say they can do it via phone, some that say they can do it via Skype and all those good things. That's how you read as well? Uh, yeah, I've, I've read as far as when my friend was staying in Australia. Uh, this was several years ago when Skype was in its infancy. I actually read her via Skype 
and she was in Australia and I've read somebody in South Africa. Um, so I, I've done it in different, different formats and different ways. I've done it on the phone. Um, you know, energy is very good when you're sitting with somebody and I can tell if I start a reading and it's not right, if it's something's off about it, I'll know. And I'll ask them. And usually this, the, when you come to me, this is the one thing I will try to, I normally do. If, if I'm at an event, somebody's going to think I'm a rude, rude woman because the sheer fact is you sit down for me. I say, hi, I don't ask you your name. I don't ask you anything because I don't want anything. I don't want any information. And I will be, I think one to two rows in and I usually will say, does that make sense? And the only reason I'm asking that is to make sure that we are all on the same page and the reading is making sense to you. Otherwise, what's the point of it? So, so can you give one of us a mini reading? I can. I think you, should, you, can you know, I gave you all types of information about me. So I think James, because James has spoken the least. <laughs> yeah, I don't speak much, but I like to listen. I, I just get, I'm fascinated by this. See, stuff. These are, these are very well loved cards. I they got a nice bend. Wow, my husband, really nice, nice my, almost like a perfect curve. My, my husband used to joke and say they were funky bent. And you know, I, I've had people usually I get, they're too big. They're too big to shuffle or I can't shuffle or people that try to unbend them. So. It's, so, it, but it's almost like you have you, you've put your energy into them that way. Yeah. You yeah. know. You have to. I mean, after so many years and so many people, I've worked fairs at for New Year. I've worked fairs. I've worked New Year's Eve parties. I've worked Halloween college events. Um, the worst thing to do is to read for somebody that's drunk. <laughs> um, I worked a Halloween party that was a birthday party, and the birthday girl was totally soused when she came for her reading. And she was sitting there and she passed out during the middle of the reading and then she'd wake up. So she was time traveling basically. And at a certain <laughs> point when you're 20 minutes into a reading and she's passing out every once in a while, you just finally say, okay, reading's over. Yeah. Right. Cause she's not going really to remember it. <laughs> yeah. She, you could have told her you were there for two hours. She wouldn't have known. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Interesting. I had actually met a woman who collected cards and she was telling me that, you know, some of them are valuable. Is there a certain uh, artist that you like or a certain deck that you've been looking for as a collector? No, I, I don't collect as much. I'm trying to actually downsize some of my life now because um, with my husband passing, things are kind of in flux now. So I have to figure out, you know what I'm doing. So there's not a deck that I, I have the decks that I like. I, I was really into collecting for a while. And it's like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore because I'm not using them. So can tarot card readers read their own cards? We can, but here's the thing. And this It's funny because I had this conversation with somebody on my podcast the other day. Um, we can read them, but we are biased. You know, so it's like you pull the tower card and it's like, You're oh, like, no, that's not going to happen. It'll right? be a bad, it'll be right? a bad day. That's it. Nothing major is happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, there are no coincidences. Things happen for a reason. Oh yeah. And totally. when some of the things that you're talking about, you know, 
people will say, or oh, it's a coincidence that what that thing happened. But like we were talking about, you start putting them together and it's a series and it's a chain over a period of time. It just goes beyond just coincidence. I was, um, one of my favorite rock stars was in town and I was going to their shows and everything. And I was staying downtown and they were at Water Tower Place Hotel. That's where they were staying. But I didn't stay there. And I was downstairs shopping and my aunt, this is what I'm talking about. Sorry to get, let's see, it's all bent. Um, but so I was, I was downstairs. I was going to grab lunch downstairs and something told me go upstairs. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm not going to go upstairs to an expensive restaurant. You know, I'm on a budget here. And my intuition's just like go upstairs. So I went upstairs. I'm standing at the hostess stand waiting. And there he is sitting across and he's like, hi. And I'm like, hi, I didn't go over, but, um, I went and had some toast and tea where it's cheap, but yeah, it was just kind of like, my intuition was like, go, you know, go upstairs. And why would I go upstairs? It's not something I'm going to afford, but right. I did. And he was there and I could have gone over, I'm sure, but I didn't. Can I ask who it was? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, John Taylor from Duran Duran. Oh, very really? cool. Yeah. I, I had met him before, so I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't any, I mean, it wasn't like the first time I met him. That's why I was just, he was with people. If he wouldn't have been with people, I might've gone over and said hi, but yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I've actually, I've met him several occasions. And one time I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. The strangest meeting I think I've ever, when I've seen him was I was standing there talking to him in a hotel lobby with him, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses and the Dalai Lama was across the room. Are you kidding That is crazy. Me. Yeah. Dalai Lama oh had security God. though, but yeah. Yeah, I've been right. impressed with the Dalai Lama. Yeah. Cool. The, the Dalai Lama the Dalai and Duff Lama. from Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah. They weren't talking together. Duff no, but they the same yeah, Duff, and, Duff and John had just come back from doing a Q101 morning show for the Neurotic Outsiders, and they had their McDonald's in their hand. And <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. So oh the Dalai God. Lama was there. I'm like... Okay, so bizarre, you know, it's like a bad, they walk into a bar and, yeah. <laughs> the Dalai Lama, Duff from Guns N' Roses, walk into a bar, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, oh, it's weird. That is crazy. Well, Normally, we I, try to bring our listeners to crazy shit, and that was crazy. Well, I've had some crazy shit, trust me. I have more stories than Carter's got pills, as I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. Um, trying to do this quickly. So the wheel of fortune things, you're going through a cycle right now that where things are constantly changing. They're moving slow, but it's still changing. You're also, there seems to be a woman around that doesn't necessarily want to be very forthright with you. It's like, she can't, she, she feels like she's a little bit emotionally blocked. And it, it's not that she doesn't want to be open. She just doesn't have a lot of, it feels like there's not a lot to give. It just feels like I'm going through the motions. I'm there. I'm, I don't have a lot to give. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just here for you, but I don't have a lot to give. Does that make sense? Not really. <laughs> I'm wondering who that is. Well, whoever it is, it's like, this is what's coming up. It's like, you're not seeing eye to eye. And I mean, this is being done on command and I'm nervous. So, you know. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, don't be nervous. Did, well, I, did I command? 
I just asked. I don't want you well, to think like I no, wait. When here's the thing. Here's the thing. You told me to shuffle, but now thinking about it, maybe it is you, oh. Kelly. Because think about it. You are going through changes. You had a woman that was there, but she wasn't really there in disagreement of walking, not hearing you. She wasn't necessarily hearing what you wanted to say. That's so true. yeah, that's what I'm thinking about this. It's actually more for you, Kelly. That's because then, then you have the judgment card. So breaking free, which that just happened, did it not? <laughs> then there's a guy here. There's a guy here who has money, but he likes to be treated with respect. It's not that he's rich. He just wants to be treated with respect. And he can be very serious at times. I almost think it's it's our good friend James here because he's got a he's got his very astute look and he kind of resembles oh, I mean, him. That's James, doesn't he? Yes, he that does. does <laughs> so yeah, and I, I I think if you push James, he would cross his arms and, and I don't want to say pout, but he would definitely have something to say. <laughs> that's crazy. James, you look like a tarot card. Oh, okay, I know. Buddy. Well, and, and this is this is Charles Bronson, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Bronson doesn't look like that anymore. Um, so the Five of Pentacles. Now, I want to say something. The Five of Pentacles spots a little dark-looking card. They look like they're very much in desperation. The thing about it is, there's new growth on the card down here where my fingernail is. And there's money. So don't get tunnel vision. If you want to make this grow, if you want to make this happen, because I feel that's what this is kind of about, you need to just keep pushing and keep growing. It's going to keep growing. You just have to make sure you don't get locked into tunnel vision. Oh, are you talking about whatever? Or are you talking about like... I'm, ta I'm, I'm talking about your podcast. Yeah. I'm talking about your podcast. Wow. And I'm talking because this is connected between both of you at this point. So... In your personal life, make sure you're also investing and in looking out at the bigger picture. But in the podcast, keep growing because there's a new day dawning. You have, you know, a new day dawning, a new beginning, and there's more opportunities to stretch yourself for growth nice. and also looking at pushing, I don't want to say pushing extremes, but pushing the boundaries. What do you feel comfortable talking, talking about? Almost anything. Almost. Although we have had our boundaries pushed. Yeah, oh, that is true. And that's hard to do. You know, that's hard to do. I imagine so. Yeah, we did a good job, but it, it was you know, hard. But we have had our boundaries pushed. And it's really when, when I think everybody has the opportunity to believe whatever you want to believe. Believe whatever you want to believe. Whether we agree with you or not really is irrelevant. It's how you present your information right. is where it counts, right? Right. Just keep that in mind if you're thinking about you want to be on the podcast. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Yeah, exactly. you got to be open to some questions about it. Well, and one thing I was going to say, Kelly, is you seem you have a lot of wonderlust. So if you have some wonderlust, you better start embracing it. Embrace your spiritual wonderlust. Start digging. Start finding out things. If you want to, if you're curious about the tarot, then start doing it. Don't mess around with it. Just, just jump in and keep a journal. Keep a journal, pull a card a day, write down what your interpretation is. It doesn't have to be the fool's journey. I know there's some tarot purists going, she's lying. Well, that's, this is on me, okay? Fast changes, lots of changes. So fast changes coming. So I think if you connect with your intuition, you're gonna be, you're gonna have your socks blown off because you're gonna be like, damn, I didn't know I could do that. Damn, and you know what's really funny, Donna, is that you are the second person to tell me exactly that. Well, That's why James, I mean, you are, you are the second one 
to and James has been telling me, write it down. Yeah. Write it down. That's how write you get your down. That's how you get your confirmation. And I mean, this is all about you making plans. You know, what plans do you need to make? This is you with your five-year plan. Make your damn five-year plan and lay it out. And lastly, I'm gonna pull this one card last. The last card is about you going for your hopes and dreams. And the fact of the matter is, if you look at this, there's a rose in one cup, and then there's a snake in the other. No matter what the outcome, win or lose, you can say you did it. And that, my friend, is more important than anything else in this world. Wow. That was you a good message us, to end That with, was yeah. a very good message, uh, Donna. I think that's fantastic. So if people wanted to uh, reach out to you for a reading, since you do do Skype and, and things where you don't have to be in the same room, how do they get a hold of you? Um, everything now I have, I used to have a website. Now everything is under DM Needham, N-E-E-D-O-M.com. It, for readings, it's under the Kitty Mystic portion. Um, otherwise there's my books there. There's also stuff about my podcast. So yeah. Oh yeah, I, but shout out the books. What's, what are the names? You, you, you told us about the books, but you didn't tell us what they're called. Um, no, I didn't. The romantic suspense is Love is Worth Waiting For. It's available on Amazon and other uh, other platforms, but I also have signed paperbacks on my website. And my Days with the Dark Muse is the Coke Addicts book. It's wow. not so nice. You, it's a very dark, twisted tale. And, and I have been told by men that they could not believe a woman wrote it. That's why wow. I think part of it I channeled. <laughs> so Wow. And the podcast? The podcast is the Better Two podcast. And what basically happens on the Better Two podcast is I ask my guests about a life experience. I ask them to go back to that life experience and was it better to have done it or not? And then, of course, it's like yours. It's very organic. And, and we the topic grows and flows from there, you know, because like one person I was talking to, she's talking about her journey as a nurse. But before we go there, you know, while she's talking about it, she's like, and I traveled the world before I decided to do that. Oh, okay. So then that lends me to going to let's talk about that too. So I, and at the end of the episode, I always ask, was it better too? Was it, be and was it better to do this than that? Which by the way, ties in with the books because my books are the better to burn out series. Ah, look at you. Yes, Multifaceted. Donna, it has been such a pleasure i've enjoyed having you on the podcast i think you've you've got some crazy stories it's been pleasurable james i'm i'm blown my mind is blown donna and if you wanted to say one last thing to our listeners what would you want them, what would you want them to know trust your intuition i mean i know that i should be pimping myself and go go to dm needham but trust your intuition because your intuition is never going to lead you astray if there's something that doesn't feel right or feels too good to be true and your gut is screaming at you don't do it trust me don't do it always trust your gut trust your intuition good advice yeah very thank you for having me it's been a blast thank it you so fun. much thank you that was cool <laughs> she read those cards on the spot and was dead on yeah and you know what's cool Kel? when she was showing us her cards you could see how they were how they had been bent all those years from using them yeah for from so using long. them and like her power like she's put her power in them that was cool that was cool. yeah she was good 
you know, if you are looking to get your cards read and you're not in the same place as her, I know like she did call out her, you know, how to get her on Facebook and all that information will be in the podcast description. Go check her out. Donna Needham, D-A-U-N-A, Donna Needham. She was cool. Definitely would love to have her come back. So Donna, if you're listening, you are welcome to come back at any time. Totally cool. Yeah, very cool. Thank you. All right. So you want to do some random bullshit? I do. (laughs) I do want to. We talked about this. I do. Go ahead, Kel. All right. So, you know, random bullshit is just where we just talk about whatever, you know, and this was some crazy shit to me as I'm scrolling through Instagram. So I'm not, I'm not big on social media. I don't spend a lot of time on social media. And the only social media app that I have on my phone is Instagram. And, and so I'm scrolling through Instagram and I come across this, this video of this pastor <laughs> giving, Go I guess, holy breast come. milk to parishioners. Like, yeah. He's on stage with the microphone and dude comes up on stage and she whips out a titty. A titty. And he proceeds to suckle her and pull out breast milk. And I don't know how long it went on, but from what I saw, it went on from a long time. A oh, long time. a little while. And then when you send me the video and I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it. I'm like, and it took me a second. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What? So, I mean, that <laughs> that's some crazy shit. Okay, so, let, you know, let's talk about it. That's some crazy that shit. That is some crazy what, shit. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, this is, what is that? What? What? The, what? <laughs> and what? we talked about it. It's like, you know, I'm not a prude, you know. If you want to get a little titty milk, what? that's cool. What? You know, and that's your thing. But I kind of draw the line when you throw it into the religion. You know? Well, you know the part that got me in watching the video is the parishioners were going crazy. Oh, I know. Like, they're hooting, they're hollering, yeah. you know. Suckle it, get yeah. it, get yeah. it. <laughs> Pastors screaming. And the dudes I mean, they're all getting into it. They're... And then after a while, it's like they couldn't get them off. Okay, so this is my question. I have some questions <laughs> about the, the uh, sanctified yeah. breast milk. Number one, what makes it holy is it because it's in your body because she's well, not the well, only she's not the only woman that's ever produced breast milk so okay now I this just came to me this is a thought all right now think about breast milk you know it it nurtures and feeds children you know yes yes so you could say there's some holiness to it I guess okay you know, so maybe that's where they're coming from. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was, a, I don't know. <laughs> Breast but milk is designed for babies, James. I know. You know, not a 42-year-old man. I know. And I'm trying you know, to who's trying to get his life by sucking on his pastor's left titty. I am yeah. so sorry. That is yeah. not, no. That no, no. And then we talked about this. Now, some of our listeners are probably going to turn out, turn off, and I hope they come back because this is a little, you know. But what if the, the pastor was a, a dude? See, we had this discussion. We did have this discussion. And, you know, I mean, are you going to be getting a holy blowjob? <laughs> I 
See, now, does that make a difference? I I don't understand. Like, I don't... I don't understand what makes the breast milk holy. That you would want to share it with your... Like, how did that sermon go down? Right? (laughs) You know, how did it even... Like, how do you even start that? How do you even... I haven't you know, been to church in like a really I long time. Questions. I have questions. As I'm, you not, I'm not trying to judge, but I have questions. Like, did 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 everybody know? Is this like the first time? Is this something new? And then I have a question. Okay, when I used to go to church, I went to Catholic church when I was a little kid. And you'd go up there and you'd get communion, you know. And there'd be a line of people before the, you know, priest go up there and get communion. Is there a line for? The holy titty milk. Well, that was my next question because that was just one dude. Right, that was that just one dude. Saw. Saw. So I said, <laughs> you know, was was it was it holy breast milk? These are my questions. Okay, let, let me let me back it up because I feel like I'm okay. Let me back up because I've got so many questions. I have to reel it in, reel it in, Kelly. Okay, here I go. Number one, is the holy breast milk for everybody in the congregation, or is it only for the dudes? You know what I'm saying? And is, is it, it only for, for the hot dudes, the good-looking dudes? Can, like it, you were talking it, about, can Grandpa go get some? Yeah. Is it all ages? Is it open season? Uh, is it like holy water? And now it's just holy breast milk? I'm yeah. just asking. A, I'm asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. I just want to, you know. question. If you're asking for a friend, are you really asking for a friend? Because no. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> I just want. You want to my know. other question is: is is the congregation okay with that? Because the sounds that I heard in the background sounded like encouragement, and you know, sounded like it was good. You know, this is a good thing. And I just, where is this church? Where where is this? I don't know. If you know, please let me know because I just have questions. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting. It was a when you said it to me and I, I mean, watched think it. Think about it. it. it think about it. Second. If you're sitting in church with your woman, or if you're sitting in church with your man, either one, and either spouse gets up to go get some holy breast milk, if it's your wife, or if it's your husband. And they get up and go get holy breast milk. Are you going too? Now, if you're asking me, if my wife's going up there, yeah, I'm yeah. going with her. <laughs> Are you getting some too? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what the pastor looks like. You just Uh-oh. want them? Good point. Well, that's what see, I'm what, saying. See, once again, Kelly, as I go rushing towards the white panel van. Does that no! matter? <laughs> does that matter? Does it ma- or, or well, is it you just, know, I would think if it was if it was holy breast milk, I would. It, think wouldn't, it matter, wouldn't matter, right? Matter. Yeah. It so matter. the question remains: If your wife goes up there, are you getting some? Well, once again, let me think about this because I ran towards that. Because I'm telling earlier. you right now, my husband's not going up there. All right. That, well, that's you what have, I'm saying. If she goes nah. up there, I'm going. But no, I'm not going goes, first. If he goes up there, he can stay up there. Because we no, we're not. That's not even a conversation we're going to have on the ride home. Okay, now breast let's milk, the devil's breast advocate, milk okay? dripping from his mouth, talking about, "Ooh, that was a good service." Yeah, that was <laughs> a good suckling. That was a good suckling Sunday. I don't think so. So I just thought it was some crazy shit. Yeah, it was I just wanted crazy. to bring that no, up. 
I don't know anything about it. I'm not trying to judge. I just, I truly have questions. That's all. I just, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing that kind of, kind of gets me about Instagram because I'll be scrolling and I'll see these little snippet videos, and for me, it generates questions. As you know, oh, what the fuck? What you know? What is this? Well, what about this? And what about that? And so, you know, that was just one of the videos as I was scrolling that actually made me stop and watch it. And I had to watch it like twice to make sure I was understanding what I was seeing. And then the flood of questions came in. So that's why I thought I would send it to you because, you know, you can't send that stuff to everybody. Yeah, when you sent it to me, I have to admit, I only had to watch it maybe 24 times. Only 24 times? For me, after the second time I got it? I I think I watched it two times, and I was like, and it was funny because I was like, well, wait a minute. Did I just see that? And then, because then you kind of have to put it in context because it's like, was she, was she, was she really a pastor because she had the robe and there's people behind and it's like, you know, where I'm from, I'm thinking bachelor party. You know, that's the only time I'm thinking shitty, you know, that kind of stuff going, you know, but when yeah. you start, well, you know. unless your bachelor party was sanctified because she had a mic and she was preaching and she whipped it out. And while he was suckling, she was a hooping and a hollering she and a preaching. And I, and for, and I had to say it for a second, it kind of got a little more than just a little bit of religious because I, I thought I recognized some of the, oh, oh, that, so. Sorry. I'm just saying. They say, however, they say that um, sexual power or sexual energy is the strongest energy. Right? So maybe, maybe the pastor is doing that and in turn, she actually sucks their sexual energy. Or it builds her sexual energy. So that would make her a succubus, kind of. Could be. Interesting. I'm just saying, you know. Like I said, I just have questions. I just don't know, like, how this all went down. And then my other question is, did the congregation know that this was going to go down? Or was it like a spur-of-the-moment thing? That's my other question. Because well, you know, if so... The congregation seemed like they were okay with it. So my thing is, is this a regular occurrence? Is she always lactating? Did she just have a baby? See, these are all my questions. So I just want to know. Is there there such a thing as immaculate lactation? You know what? If you don't have a baby or have had a baby, I don't think your body would just make milk on its own. That's what I'm saying. Is immaculate. Like the birth, you know, birth of Christ. I don't know. James, you know what? See? But doesn't this generate more questions? That's why you can't put shit like this on Instagram and not have these goddamn answers. That's what I'm saying. Questions. Well, you know what? If they did, we wouldn't be here, Kelly. (sighs) That is true. Because this is the type of shit we talk about. And then my other question is, who was filming this? Are you serious, huh? Who I never thought it? about that. Who's filming? Now, do they have an official, you know, right. what, cinematographer? Was, just, 
right was just was this like the official church recording or right. was this just somebody with their, their cell phone and were there other people with cell because really did you have a cell phone out at church you know come on hey, man if the pastor suckling parishioners yeah i got my cell phone out <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> i want to make sure people see this stuff because it's again crazy. more questions and i want to know is this an on Go is this does this happen every service? Because if so, I would imagine that um that congregation is growing with financially men. Yeah. With men parishioners who are looking for Oh go ahead, finish. I bet it triggered a memory or a I'm just saying who are who are looking for that spiritual connection now what if we're watching the birth of a cult hey and that brings us to a segue aren't we doing a show about cults we are well no no we said we wanted to do a show on cults okay i don't think we actually said we were going to do one that's a whole that's see james now again you're, you're taking us down a rabbit hole. We can't even, let's not even, let's stop at the Colts. We can't go there. You got to stick with me here on just the breast, the breast, the holy breast milk. I need those. Before we call it a cult, let's get our questions answered. Because maybe it was just a one-time thing, right? Maybe it was just a one-time thing. You know, pastor was feeling generous today. Hey, I got all this extra milk. Come get it. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying. And you now, know, you know just... I've been to churches where they've had pancakes. <laughs> this is not Yeah, but is, not like this that. This is not they're, on that pancake just, level. Like, pancake. Right? This is not This is some this is something else. This is holy breast milk. Yeah. Well, interesting. You know. Interesting. So, next week, James, we are having yet another guest. I'm so excited. We have some great guests coming up. Um we do but have until good then, guests, guys. We really do. Until then, you can go to our website and check us out, www.thatsomecrazyshitpodcast.com. If you want to reach out to James, you can hit him up on the email at james at thatsomecrazyshitpodcast.com. Or if you want to reach out to me, kelly at thatsomecrazyshitpodcast.com. And when you go to the website, all of our social media links are there. We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And we are on YouTube. YouTube. LinkedIn, we tried. I always said we were inappropriate. LinkedIn said you are. So no LinkedIn. So there you go. You are inappropriate. <laughs> LinkedIn said you are inappropriate. No, thank you. But we do not have a LinkedIn. But we have everything else. But until right next time, my friend, it's always a pleasure. If you know anything about the the breast milk video, I would love to hear you, you know your thoughts. Or if you know anything, just I'm I'm telling you, I'm seriously seriously curious. And even if you just have an opinion, man, yeah, that would be great too. I would like I to mean, know your opinion. Yep, that would be cool too, James. Until next time, keep your minds open, people. <laughs> <laughs>